Perfect. So I think we can get started. Uh, so I'm Emily and I'll be hosting this panel. I am wearing a black shirt. I'm currently in a black box theatre behind me, so my lighting is not the best, but um, and I'll be hosting it. And Natasha, do you want to introduce yourself? Um, so yeah, my name is Natasha Bowles, pronouns she, her, wearing a retro sort of blouse. Um, and yeah, I'm in my flat that doubles as a workshop, so I apologise for the mess behind me. <laughs> And Catherine, if you want to introduce yourself. Hello, my name's Catherine Walker. Um, my pronouns are she, her. I'm wearing a purple shirt and a, a blue top. And I am in my mum's dining room, which currently doubles as a workshop since I moved back home. So, yeah. Oh, brilliant. Well, well, firstly, like, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me both. It's like so great to have you here. Um, so like I spoke to you earlier, it's just going to be such a chilled, relaxed conversation because I've come from sort of a director actor background. So costume to me is something that I don't know much about. So I'm really excited. So I'm just gonna basically pick your brain. So if anything comes up, we can just sort of have a fluid conversation about it. Um, so I wonder if we could start right at the beginning and whoever wants to jump first can go is, how did you get into costume? Like, was there a show that inspired you? Was there a class that inspired you? Like, how did you get to the point that you are now? Um, and whoever wants to start can go first. The glare's been shared. And Natasha, do you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. So I um, I come from like a performing background. So I went to a stage school from quite a young age. And um, this led me to sort of enter the theatre and, and see it from sort of backstage as well as being on stage. Um, and I slowly realised I needed to sort of go into costume when I got more excited about putting the like the big yellow dress on than actually playing Belle. Um, and Beauty and the Beast, and I was like, oh, I really want to wear the blue costume, I really want to wear the yellow costume, instead of going, I really want to be Belle. Um, and then really getting involved in the costume side of things instead of actually really focusing on the acting and the dancing side of things. Um, and also in my love for history, Hampton Court Palace is basically a second home to me. Um, so seeing all the daily actors that they used to have, all the interpreters and, and stuff, and seeing them all in costume and, and seeing history come to life through costume made me realize oh this is the sort of industry I need to be in this is what I need to be doing and sort of sharing that passion of history with sort of everyone else <laughs> through costume. Oh amazing and how about you Catherine? I probably was quite similar really um I never studied performing arts but we are a big performing arts family I suppose you could say um I have aunts and uncles that are professional musicians they play in the orchestra on the west end that kind of thing so I was very immersed in sort of the theatre background from being young um I do say that when I was a kid I wanted to be on the stage but then I realized I should probably you know move backstage because I wasn't quite good enough to be out front but um yeah similar I just I absolutely loved costume and it was sort of a natural progression through life and I, I learned to sew quite young but then I didn't realize until I was sort of about 14, 15, that it could be a career option as such. So yeah, that's me. My first question that I want to jump to is what comes first, you know, with costume design? Is it sort of like the director comes up to you and is like, I've got this idea or do you sort of read the script and then add the costume? Like, or is it just sort of, it changes per job just for people who are interested in getting into costume like what is the first point of call to getting your foot in the door really hmm. I think sorry 
I don't know about you, Natasha, but I think it very much depends on um, what the production is and how much of a vision the director has as well when they come to you with the project. Um, I know for me, I've done some shows where they've gone, I have no preference, just go off and you sort of start with the script and work that way. But then I've had others where the director was very clear about there were certain elements that they wanted to include. So it's kind of a, a balance really between the two of you. So a lot of liaising between, I think, the two of you really and yeah. anyone else involved. Yeah, I, I don't know too much now because I've, I've more gone onto the interpretation route, so more gone onto being a maker rather than sort of design. Um, but I did one show last year where the director was basically, I didn't see them because it was all done over Zoom. It was all done socially distant. Like, I mean, none of the cast met each other, which was just absolutely hilarious. But so I never met any of the actors, never met the director. It was all just done over text and two Zoom calls I think I had with the director. <laughs> So it's just the producer going, do what you want, ask him if it's okay and just get on with it. <laughs> so it was like, he was very free in that, apart from a couple of things he really didn't want, but yeah, he was very free. So just bouncing off that, Natasha, what you said about the making of the costume, like how, I know this is such a broad statement, how long did these take to make? Like, because as someone from the acting directing point of view, they just sort of appear and you don't see, I'm pretty sure the blood, sweat, tears, anger that happens you know how long would per costume take or does it vary per project I think it, it definitely varies per project um on much bigger sort of theatrical garments it sort of takes as long as they want you to, mm. to work on it if they say we want it in two weeks you're going to make it they say they you know it's a big garment and it's you know it's a month in production you're going to try and do it within that time and do it to the best um but you know shortcuts have to be made shortcuts have to be made but um on a recent project i did i mean it took me 500 hours of hand sewing because it had to be re remade historically accurate and reenacted in the exact way so it's very different the different projects you work on and the different area that you sort of go into i mean film costume you know, sometimes you just go oh, it was just film costume but the amount of hours that do go into it and and work and it goes you know through fittings as well there is sort of no time scale on it really it's just you just have to get it done when it needs to be done yeah it's one of them things isn't it and just for people that are listening because this is about how to get into the industry and for all I've got little bits about from both of you I think it's been a little bit different so I, I want to sort of say how did you get into you said your inspirations but sort of the more practicality of like training did you have to do a course I know you've both done some courses um and if you could explain what that was like just for people who are interested in sort of maybe doing a degree in it or is there other routes you know available for people who don't want to go to university um I think that'd be a really interesting thing just to quickly talk about um Catherine if you want to go first I so for me, I went to university. Um, I've just finished. I studied at the Northern School of Art up in Hartlepool. Um, I started looking at different routes into the industry, probably from as soon as I decided that I wanted to do this as a career, basically. And I looked at a lot of different options. For me, I after I'd done my GCSEs, I moved to um, my local college. They had a fantastic fashion and clothing um diploma that I did and then from there I moved to university and studied there um, and then there were other ways that I got into doing sort of professional costume work on the way but I looked I contemplated doing there's a lot of apprenticeships out there for people that don't want to do the university route 
and I think it's also um, not necessarily being um, wanting to go into costume in such a broad sense. There's a lot of very specific apprenticeships or ways to train uh, as opposed to doing a straight up costume design or costume making degree, if that makes sense. No, definitely. And just before we come to you, Natasha, could you sort of clarify the sort of, you know, you both said it, the costume making, the costume design, are, are they sort of very separate within the industry or do they are they fluid within working together? Um, I think it depends on what sort of level of, of production you're working on. Usually if you're working on something high budget, it could be that um, you you break it down into sort of like a, a hierarchy of staff, basically. So you have a designer at the top end who's worked with the director who who produces the designs. Below them, you typically have a costume supervisor or head of wardrobe who is the the one who puts everything together. Essentially, they put all the cogs into motion in in, in the group. So they might not necessarily do so much physical making or designing but they are the most important person really in that in that situation and then lower down you usually get uh, makers or um technicians they're the ones that often do more of the physical work they'll be given a job to do costumes to make they will do it for a certain time scale produce it send it to the supervisor and then that gets distributed out is the very brief version of the hierarchy of a of a costume no, I imagine it's really complicated and it's it's sort of like yeah. I was saying this the other day to my friend about this talk. I was like, it's just one of them things, which I think is such a shame that you just sort of assume. I, yeah. I don't know if you ever feel that within your industry that you somehow, you know, as an actor, you just sort of the, the costume appears and you, you there's never sadly like the name to the face, you know, to the product. And it's just such a part of the industry where I think like there's so much hard work and dedication that goes into it. And if anything, it's that like, you know, in film and television and in theatre as well, it's sort of that missing piece of the puzzle. It's so interesting because the amount of people that I know as actors who say they don't feel like they're the character or they don't feel like it's the show until they're in that costume. Um, so yeah, what you both do is just amazing in my opinion. But <laughs> how, how did you get into it? Uh, was it similar, a little bit different? Um, very similar, actually. So I did um, I did a GCSE in, in textiles and that was sort of my first... I mean, I got a sewing machine when I was in year seven. As soon as I took that first class, I was like, I need a machine. <laughs> um, um, but then, yeah, so I took I, I took textiles for GCSE um, and then did it for my A-levels as well. And I found out about, because I went to Wimbledon College of Arts, um, I found out about my course literally about one month before I, we had to like apply on UCAS. It was a very like, I didn't know where to go. I didn't know what I was doing and then found Wimbledon and went, oh, this is this is perfect really for me. Um, didn't do a foundation which they all advise you to do I just went I'm not doing another year in education if I don't have to um, so <laughs> straight in um, straight in with it and yeah they were really good in like educating you in the sense of the different career paths you don't go in mm -hmm. this idea I was going to go in and come out a costume designer um, and within my first two months was like I don't ever want to design again in my life I want to make yeah I don't, <laughs> I don't want to draw. I don't. Um, so yeah, they were very, very good in that in the sense of directing you in the different pathways. And I mean, like you were saying, Catherine, there's like this hierarchy and you you learn this hierarchy and um, the places that you can go in. And I mean, I'm going to be coming in as a trainee mm -hmm. at 
literally just finished it, a lot of places won't take trainees but there are a lot of places that that do and it's just good to sort of build up that work experience sort of as you're at college and university as well um but I know places like the National Theatre and the Royal Opera House instead of going to the university they offer you three years sort of apprenticeship or internship with them yeah um to sort of work your way up earlier through that hierarchy so you don't come straight in as a trainee instead of those three years at uni you've been a trainee already um but yeah so um I mean I'm the job I'm about to go into is my trainee job and hopefully after the sort of six weeks internship with them I can I can move on and just start placing myself in that making position so building off that <laughs> building off both of what you just said would you say it's actually quite a hard industry to sort of get that first you know the first step you're saying like there's the hierarchy there's there's a uh, lots of possibilities or do you feel like then barriers are maybe moving or anything like that just immune wise yeah I think I mean I I chose to study up north for various reasons I looked I was adamant I was actually going to Wimbledon um until I went to go view my course and I just fell in love with it and it was that kind of um sacrifice that I decided to make in terms of I was I was a bit concerned that maybe not being in the south and in London which is the typical theatre area I would sacrifice some industry contacts and things along the way but in the end I think I didn't anyway I think partly I, I don't know about you but Covid put a stop to that full stop for, for a good couple of years but um, I think for me it made me far more determined to get placements and contacts myself off my own back rather than university supplying those contacts so I think it's you have to be very very driven I think to get anywhere particularly in this industry but I think a lot of people go in and they might do a costume degree and come out at the end of it and think well actually maybe theatre or film isn't for me I'm going to go down a different career path even bridal or tailoring or anything like that even museum work but you still got that really good foundation of skills to mm -hmm. sort of move on wherever you go with it in that way so and just bouncing the, off that oh you go first Natasha you go first I'll come back I was, to it. I was just saying um <laughs> sort of anyone who's sort of considering this fact that you sort of have to go to London to study yeah. that's where theatre is it, the thing is the, the theatre industry unfortunately isn't isn't really coming back as strongly after COVID mm. industry especially in England so you know you've got places up in Scotland that are basically leading yeah. TV industry that I'm now going all right I've got a flat in London that I'm paying for but actually I'm there's loads there's more jobs in Scotland there's more jobs up north more jobs in Ireland so they are everywhere and you just have to basically just keep going in and asking people like do you have a place as like as soon as something pops up there's those of these Facebook group chats um as well for people just going I need a daily this weekend or I need a maker next weekend or something like that so it is just looking out and like you said Catherine being driven and just going for anything that sort of comes up that's vague interest to you really you basically read my mind Natasha like you literally read what I was going to say because I was like has the reason that there's because it's so interesting you say this Catherine because I'm from Leeds and um for one reason or another I came to study in London and now I'm like in that position where I was like I don't actually think I needed to but because of Covid like 
no one had a crystal ball no one saw that COVID was going to happen um and then I was literally about to say about you know it's costume moving up and down the UK like I know so much film and television that going to Manchester for example so you just mm-hmm. said Natasha that's that sort of that move is already happening um but just coming back to COVID because you said you had to costume something on Zoom like working during COVID I know that it's like a fever dream that we all want to forget but how was that to you in terms of your training in terms of opportunities and things like that um if anyone has any feelings about COVID and how it improved or hindered your opportunities yeah I was very lucky to get involved in that production it was a virtual production of Romeo and Juliet that was filmed on green screen and then virtually placed into a theatre um so it was really, it was really well done. It was really well made. Um, it was just a great opportunity to give so many people different jobs during a time when like artists weren't getting jobs. I think the production, Metcalf Gordon Productions need to be really like congratulated for that, for what they did. Um, and offering a, a student that role as well in, in costume was, was brave of them. Um, but yeah, it offered me that sort of, it was a styling job. It was, um, more styling than design so it's good to see what where I could get source material from um managing budgets all these different things that sort of will come in handy sort of in the future but um other things with COVID I think especially our year graduating we've had all three years of our university degree affected by COVID uh, the lockdown was in the first year second lockdown in the second year third year we got loads of restrictions on mm. my uni had you know wearing the masks and socially distancing mm coming in different times and stuff like that so we haven't had exactly a fluid sort of three years um and that opportunity I just had to make opportunities for myself I got in touch with the interpretation company and said I want to make something can you model it and it led to a film it led to live interpretation with them and it was instead of being like can I work in your theatre that's now closed and the show's no longer going on it was making sort of opportunities for myself Oh, that's one thing that I, I, I find so fascinating about you two is that, you know, I found you both through Instagram, like, I was just like, costume people, because once again, <laughs> I was just like, I need to find it, and one thing that, like, you've both got your social media games going strong, so I know you were saying it earlier as well, Catherine, how would you sort of make that first point of contact, like, do you just email being like, hi, theatre, insert name here, I want to do costume here, is there like an etiquette, is there's like a I, I genuinely <laughs> how, how do you get the job like how yeah how do you get jobs within costume or is it quite it's, closed doors it's so closed doors but it's um a minefield and you have to kind of find your own way so uh last summer just after I finished my second year and and sort of restrictions were starting to lift things were a little bit more flexible I just sat there one day and thought oh my word, I've got a year left. And, you know, I can't, I can't assume that I can just blame COVID at the end of it. You know, I need to sort of like get myself going now. And I just sat, I spent hours stalking people's accounts on Instagram, as bad as that sounds, it was very odd. And I, but I went specifically to find um, people who were supervisors or head of wardrobes, as opposed to going straight to theatre companies, because quite often and the the thing with a theatre company is that you get um you get a producing and a receiving house usually so a receiving house which you do get a lot of up north you do get a lot of in London as well but they have shows come to them so West End tours will come to them or whatever and so they won't have any costume staff they'll just have the production for however long and it'll move on and they have their own they usually just have front of house staff really um 
a producing house are the ones that employ costume staff usually. So I found very quickly that just contacting theatres was kind of pointless because they basically just said, well, we're not the ones that deal with that. So move on. So I think you do have to spend your time wisely and find, and really it was just that kind of approaching people with a friendly email. And I just sort of, I would email and not expect to reply at all and just say, you know, this is me, this is who I am. I'm basically just wanting to put my name out there and that, you know, my, this is my CV. And I had, um, I set up a website as well when I was in the second year. That's a really good tool as well. Professional pictures, that kind of thing. So yeah, just putting you and your almost like, you almost have to treat it like branding in a way. Um, you're getting you and your brand across um, and people, the odd one might take a chance on you and go, yeah, I need some help. And I was very, very lucky that I just picked the right people for that to happen with basically. Wow. And was it similar for you, Natasha, sort of building your contacts, like you said about you emailing in the, you know, to do the style for Romeo and Julia, like, was it similar? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I'm slowly sort of going down like a different route in the sense of um, there's a lot of the work experience sort of opportunities that came up at the end of my second year during that summer were you know, I had to move home. So it was it was very hard for me to travel back into London every day for these opportunities. And I sort of didn't want to get into the role of being a dresser and um, mm. or a daily or a standby. I really did want to get into the heavy. I either wanted mm. to take her or go into the more academic side of costume and, and it's theoretical and it's historical sort of roots. Um, so for me, I was just looking for those opportunities that would allow me for, to sort of grow that. And um, I've had a very good sort of associates now with um, Mark Wallace and Stephanie Selmayer who are past pleasures, um, which is the interpretation company. And it's literally just through them, I just emailed them and just went, can we hop on a Zoom? I just wanna have a chat with you about what your job is, what you do. Um, and I don't, I hate using this term, but it's a lot of schmoozing people. Um, it's a lot, you know, my partner always says this, he's, um, he works in the, he works for theatres and stuff. And he always just says, look, just take somebody out for a drink. Just yeah. in a really relaxed environment, have a chat with them, have a, you know, a cup of tea, buy them a piece of cake um, and just sell yourself because, you know, this industry is, I mean, for a maker, it is selling your work. It's, it's selling your skills and, for a designer it's selling yourself it's um gosh that sounded bad but um it's selling yeah. <laughs> it's selling your brand your product yeah yeah and yeah. um and who you are and what your sort of flair is and as a maker it is you know I am more historical based um in my sort of making but there's other people in my year have just graduated and I'm like I couldn't do what you do you know I've got a best friend who's, who's tailoring works outstanding and I'm like not even going to go anywhere near that <laughs> I think well sorry following no, you what you said it's just it's almost like as soon as you you hit uni talk to your tutors as well and the people that are around you and figure out um as much as you can about the industry and what job you think you want to go in for mm. because I know for me I was the same I wanted to kind of try as much as I could to bypass the dresser role or standby and I'm 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 very open to do film work, put it that way, but really theatre yeah, is yeah, where yeah. my interest is. And so I was trying to build that that real practical experience so that when I left uni, I didn't just have a CV that said for three years, I've just, or I've been a dresser. As fantastic as dressing work is and wonderful, and it's a great route yeah. in sort of entry-level job. 
it's I think if you can push yourself up a bit more it's also a real benefit yeah I mean a lot of people I know have basically almost quit uni as they've got dressing roles and they've got stand mm. and they're just loving it and it yeah fantastic like I mean I wish I could stand next to Henry Cavill all day and have to look after him and, and um, I mean that's not what it's about it's about you know making sure continuity is there and um, getting them where they need to be and in, in what they need to be correctly and stuff and it's it's a hard job coming in early and leaving late and and working in areas and traveling around and that's what I didn't like about it is is the I you know I really want to sit in a workroom and collaborate with loads of people it just you know I, sorry I didn't want to sound like I was dissing dresses uh, <laughs> I think I think what they do is amazing it's just yeah a workshop for me is um where I I'd like to sort of sit in yeah. And it's really good that you've, you know, that university from sound of both your courses have given you that opportunity to, you know, try things out and find out what you like and what you don't like. Like that's one thing that I always think is amazing. And why, not to get too political, the government at the minute potentially cutting the arts is just mm -hmm. going to so affect it. And, you know, like you said, you, you tried stuff and then you, you didn't like it, but at least you know now. And now you know that you want to do you know making over this and it's a way to carry on learning um but coming on to this what is the difference you know between theater and film costuming and is it that you know there's not much collaboration in film versus theater uh just for someone who doesn't know what the difference is i mean specifically going into the difference between the costumes i don't know yeah. I can't really talk too much about the production sides of things yet um because the, the route i'm going through does both theater and film costume um, but for theatre costume, it is making it look like the real thing without it being the real thing. So it's adding in hidden, um, I mean, the last costume I did, it was all the lace was printed instead of being actual lace because it just needed to have that sort of outstanding value from an audience member perspective. The stomacher and everything was all attached and all hooked in and had braces on the skirt, which isn't historically accurate, but it just meant that it, it could stay up. Um, and whereas with film, it's it needs to be well made um, and it needs to make you need to make sure that it looks exact from a close up angle or for a far away angle. The inside of it can be an absolute mess um, if, it, if it has to be. If they're running out of time and you can't finish off the inside, don't worry. Um, but it needs to make sure that it's neat and if the, they're taking their clothes off, everything inside looks right. And there are just so many little nitty bits with film. It's just making sure it's right for that the purpose of that scene in that shot whereas theatre it needs to work and be adjustable you know you can't you finish up things but you have to leave them open and you can't put a lining in and I hate the inside of theatre costumes they look horrendous but um <laughs> but it's it's yeah it's what I enjoy but that's also something really beautiful isn't it about them is like how yeah. on the outside it can look like everything's working and then you know on the, the inside, inside you've got hidden buttons to make sure the skirt is <laughs> down <then. laughs> And have you had quite a similar experience, Catherine, without sort of being yeah. there? Yeah, pretty similar. I think um, I think the biggest misconception actually with theatre costumes is that they are a total mess, even more so than like what you were saying. You know, mm. I, I kind of went in, um, I always felt like I would be quite good at um, theatre costuming in the sense that I very much appreciate the finer details and I love the finer details, but they're not always you know when you've done something five times because you can't get it quite perfect yeah um but 
the, the biggest difference I think is usually from a, a, a fastening and a wearing point of view it's just making it practical for somebody wearing it for potentially years down the line I mean especially with ballet costumes I've just um I worked with a company that worked for quite a lot of very high profile ballet companies and they were saying you know our tutus are made they last for 60 70 years before they get replaced potentially so you have to it's also a fabric choice thing you know you have to make sure they're robust they do their job they stay in place they look good they might itch doesn't matter they look good um but film is a li that little bit more precise really and often more historically accurate in some ways so yeah I mean, with film as well, you have like, you could have 10 different reproductions of the same mm. because the, the actor might be jumping into a lake, you know. So um, <laughs> they need to make sure that the dress can then be yeah. in a clean one put on if the, if the take wasn't right. Whereas within theatre it is, I mean, you'll keep reproducing the outfit loads and loads of times over loads and loads of years, but for different actresses and actors and, and performers. So you need to more sort of succinctly write down everything and, and keep a big sort of what we call a bible of how a costume's made so that it can be handed down through the years so this repeat costume for say an opera in 70 years time can be made exactly the same way as it was years ago as well so it's that more side of the technical side of things in theatre as well that is extraordinary that's that's like the day of the that that's the fact of the day so is that quite common in you know so bad the first one that comes to mind wicked you know there's like a bible that says this is how to make this dress for this person yeah. and then wow so everything and i've um i've heard as well so especially with somewhere like the royal ballet or the royal opera house whatever they're doing if they've had um a bible with certain fabrics that fabric might, which is picked out by the designer usually, that fabric might no longer be in production, that company might have gone bust. If they have to make a change to that fabric type, they quite often, even if the designer has since died because it was 50 years ago, they have to get permission from that designer's family or estate to change the fabric and put a new one in. So yeah, it goes right down the line. So basically- so there's like a huge fabric, legacy. Yeah. That's extraordinary. Exactly and sort of talking about um, legacies looking to the past, sort of to finish this off, maybe, where do you think like the future of costume is? You know, there's been in our industry in particular, so many things about diversity, accessibility. How is costume sort of dealing with that? And how do you guys think it's going to look in 10 years time? Is it going to change? Is there big rumblings of change happening? Like you said, Natasha? things may be going up north or not just being in London anymore. Is there any other rumblings happening in costume? I think from a, this is something I'm quite sort of um, passionate about is recognition for mm. those that work on a production. Um, you see people like Jenny Bevan, you know, really going for it in the sense of, you know, we need to be paid as, as much as, you know, your set designer or, um, all these other people in production and and what I'd love to see and what I think people are more moving on to is a whole in the credit scene of like a Marvel film seeing all those makers that were even if it was just dyeing the fabric their name is on that costume their name is is within that production because you don't see too much of that now there's so many people on IMDB at least they're on IMDB but they all have uncredited in brackets next to their name and 
you know, your trainee or this person that's come on for a week's work experience and, and helped make something. It would be just great for their name to be part of that production and, and that legacy of them keep moving on. No, I completely agree. Like that's that's blown my mind that, that, that that's not protocol because, you know, you get on credits like that, you know, you'll have the, you know, best boy and all them lot even written down. And the fact that I wasn't aware that, that was actually something in the industry. I don't know if that's something that a lot of people yeah. were, that the credits are not really put in there. And then what you said about pay, like, yeah, that is crazy yeah. that that's not um, protocol. You know, we're all equals. I, I was saying this to uh, a stage manager I'm working with. I was like, you know, the show or film or whatever it is can't happen without the costume designer, can't happen without, you know, the stage manager, it can't happen without the, you know, it's a team effort. And um, yeah, I agree with you on that, Natasha. We need to, we're all equals. We all do this because we love it and we should all get, you know, paid and appreciated the same. But yeah. How about you, Catherine? How, how do you? Yeah, that's, I think that is the biggest thing for me. Pay is a, a big argument I would say within the industry at the minute um going on to the recognition thing I know the company that I mentioned before that I worked for on a ballet recently I obviously it was a team of a few of us but the company is very well known well respected I went to go see the ballet bought a program and they were they weren't even mentioned in the program in under the you know credits so and I was really surprised at that I I just sort of had expected that because I think as well you don't realize that you know in terms of the costume team say in a theatre like somewhere like Wicked or wherever um the team that work in house are celebrated and praised but sometimes there are hundreds potentially freelance makers who work from their home that send in the costumes and they get put on stage and they're probably not mentioned and they go kind of they they get lost really which is a shame as well for somebody like me or you, Natasha, who you want to be able to prove that you were involved in something aside from what you can say or the people that you know, you know, it's it would be nice to see your name or or your connection basically up there too for a bit of recognition. Yeah, um, I'm just I'm just going to turn around and grab. Um, so I just went to um, the. Uh, not Royal Up House, um, Royal Abbott Hall did The Car Man, Matthew Bond's The Car Man. Yeah. Me and my partner sat reading the programme, just trying to get it out now so I can actually prove, not prove, but go through it. And the, the like the production list with all the names, you it's normally quite long for the production or the crew. This one is like three pages and has people literally just like development associate or people that were you know you've got all your costume makers your production stitches your dyeing and printing um shoes wigs um like literally just props refurbishment people that normally wouldn't be me and my partner were really surprised just going through this going like everyone's there yeah everyone's in there <laughs> um and it was it was so nice to see and more of that does need to does need to be done because normally you just have your your supervisor your head of wardrobe and your dresses you know, I want to see on the West End, I want to see all the people that were behind the making, you know, all those freelancers who are cutting out stuff on their lounge floor and sending a costume, you know, to the house. I, I, that's what I'd love to see. Definitely. And, and Matthew Bourne's prediction has proved that that is possible, yeah. that, that there is there is no reason, there is no reason, you know, for it not to be recognised because, yeah, I, and the fact that I didn't know that says a lot as well. Uh, and I feel like quite 
surprise and shock like I guess it's just one of the things that you just assume that in a program everyone who was part of it was part of it but of course they're not when it's like one page for the creatives um and then about 10 pages for the actors so yeah wow um but just to finish off I love asking this question I asked it last time with uh, people who were in it last year we're jumping five years into the future right <laughs> we can have the dream what is the dream what is the end goal to finish on and then if we want to finish off with like where people can find you like your social medias and stuff like that so whoever wants to go first where am I seeing you in five years dream as big as you want you go first, Natasha. And it's oh, been plenty of time to think about this. <laughs> um, I mean, my dream would be to be running um, uh, an interpretation company for, um, so historic interpretation for uh, historic palaces and, and places like the Tower of London and Hampton Court and, and bringing back that live interpretation that it's so desperately missed. Um, so having worked through, through sort of uh, film especially, working on sort of historic productions and, and working my way up to sort of a pattern cutter, I think is, is my route is working as a cutter. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds happen. good. Work for you. <laughs> yeah. So I, 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 don't, I did a GCSE in textiles, so uh, I'll, try my, I'll try my best. Um, and where can people <laughs> find you, Natasha, if they want to follow you, for example? Uh, they can find me on nb underscore costume on Instagram. Um, and then my website's just nbcostume.co.uk. Perfect. And uh, Catherine, where have we seen you in five years, yeah. potentially? <laughs> Hopefully. Um, I would like to be in a workshop, preferably um, somewhere opera, ballet, theatre-based, quite like traditional um, classic. But then again, I like, I like a range. But yeah, employed in a workshop in a theatre would be lovely because um, I don't want to broach down the figuring out my accounts and tax situation if I was a self Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Good plan, good plan. <laughs> it's not going in, it's, it's a lot, it's very, yeah. You, we might, but yeah, I might be advancing onto a course about how to do that properly, but that, again, you should probably do that because you should definitely do your taxes properly. Um, so yes, that is, that is the goal really. Um, and just enjoying my job, I think as well. Yeah, doing something that you love. And, and where can people find you, Catherine? Um, so I'm on Instagram. It's Catherine Walker Design. Um, and my e my website even, I think, is the same. But you can find that through my Instagram bio link as well. So I'm all on there. Well, I just want to take this time to go, like, thank you so, so much for both of you joining me. Like, it's just been an extraordinary conversation. I've learned so much that I've wasn't even sure I knew about. Um, so this is part of the Fuse International Festival that is happening in Kingston. We are still here for another week. So if you wanna come and meet us in person, you're more than welcome to. But yeah, I will end it here. Um, but thank you so much. And if you guys could just stay on for two minutes once we end the call. Thank you. Thank you.